0: You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis.
1: The title of today's message is YOLO. You only live once. Maybe have a hashtag in front of it. If you're a tweeter, sometimes people will tweet crazy things and at the end of it kind of put YOLO it's not necessarily a good thing always because it's kind of a little bit of an attitude. One of them I found was stealing my friend's TV remote and driving by his house every day and changing the channel. Hashtag YOLO. That would, you know, you only live once. The other tweet was asking fake people if they were made in China. Hashtag YOLO. Another one you could use. So it's kind of, it can be a like I said, kind of a flippant thing. And let me kind of talk to you about that first. You say, We well, only live once, so what does that mean? Then you just kind of go for it. It's kind of a what-the-heck attitude, flippant attitude. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. I'll read you some of these out of Ecclesiastes and following, and then we'll look at some other ways it might be viewed. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, let's look at verse 15. Ecclesiastes is a great book to read, as a matter of fact, with this in mind. Because you have a guy, the Bible says the wisest man who ever lived turned out to be one of the most screwed up people that ever lived. You can be the wisest person that ever lived and if you don't use that wisdom you can get in a lot of trouble. This guy had 700 wives, 300 concubines, he built stuff, he owned stuff. I mean he ran every trap you could run almost. You only live once, right? So go for it. Not always does YOLO work. I can think of some pretty stupid things that I can't repeat that I have done in my life. And how many of y'all have those that you'd rather not share? A lot of hands going up once again there. You know, you got in the moment and somebody said, dude, you know, let's just try this. You know, you only live once, let's go for it. Well, that doesn't always, you know, if you're jumping off a cliff somewhere into shallow water, it doesn't always work. I look back and I'm hardcore now, tough on people with motorcycles. You know, I can remember one day jumping on a Kawasaki Ninja. I think it was a 1000. And I don't even think I had a helmet on. I was 20 something years old back in the country and this guy it was just the dad was there the kid wasn't there so he said yeah you can ride the bike and i had a license so it seemed legit well i mean i cranked that sucker up way faster than i should have been going so you say well but what happened nothing right i hit 100 whatever beamed it down the road turned, i came back and my heart's racing like a drum I'm like wow that was amazing not everything that gets your adrenaline pumping is amazing because sometimes you lay the bike down, sometimes it doesn't work out. So this flippant YOLO attitude to, hey, what the heck, you know, what's the worst thing that happen? You could die. That's probably a pretty tough thing that could happen. And this you say, well, that's just kids that live this way and feel that way. Single women, even Christian women, every day this happens. They get out on a date, they're lonely, some guy does the right things, you know, you only live once. I'm tired of doing the right thing. Bam, things don't go well, or they go really well, and now you got a situation. Guys do stupid things, you know. Look at Ecclesiastes 8:15. So I commended enjoyment, because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun." So Solomon, in some ways, almost got cynical in his life and like, you know, it's just a bunch of work anyway, so any chance you get to go for it, go for it. The problem is there are situations where that may be a good thing. Well, you know, if you don't try, you're never going to find out if you can. You only live once. Let's go for it. But there's some places where it is dangerous or where the consequences are clearly not going to be worth going for it and doing whatever it is you're doing. Go to Ecclesiastes 9.10. Same Same guy. But look what he says here. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. So if you're going to set your mind to something in a positive way here with Solomon, you only live once, then do it. And I'm going to get to this a little later, but in case I forget to say it, it really is true. You only get one shot. And there are things that you may be holding back on and things that God may actually be in And he is challenging you. He is putting in front of you. He is giving the opportunity. And it's maybe God himself sending you a hashtag YOLO. Like, dude, you only live once. Do this. It's me prompting you to do this and to go for it. You say, yeah, but what if it's not God? You know, hopefully you're walking enough with him where you know his voice. But sometimes even if you end up, you say, well, it didn't work out. It is better when it is the right thing to do to try What you don't want to do, what I don't want to do, is stand before God one day. And he goes, like, what were you thinking? Like, you had these opportunities. You had these things right there in front of you, and you didn't seize them. What were you thinking? Go to Isaiah 22, verse 12 and 13. A few pages to your right, not too far if you're flipping through there. Isaiah 22, verse 12. And if you read the context here, things are not going well with God's people and I won't read you the whole thing, but let's just jump into Isaiah twenty-two twelve. And he says here, And in that day the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and for mourning, for baldness and for girding with sackcloth. In other words, it was so catastrophic. You should be shaving your head in grief, sackcloth, ashes, whatever you got to do to demonstrate that this is not a good thing, not a good time. There should be repentance. But instead, joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep, Eating meat and drinking wine, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And that's that kind of negative YOLO attitude where, you know, you only live once, let's go for it. It doesn't matter what God says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It really doesn't even matter what I think is right in this moment. I'm just going to let it all go and go for it. Go to Romans chapter 13. Now let's take a little bit more of positive approach to this thing of you only live once. If you really believe that, then there should be an urgency, Unfortunately, the urgency kicks in the older you get. Sometimes that doesn't even happen. I said to a couple people this week, it appears with an hourglass. You flip the glass and the sand falls at the same rate out of the top of the glass. But for some reason, the less sand there is in the top of the glass, the faster the sand appears to be falling. Because you realize I'm running out of time. And so you ramp things up. You hopefully do. You go, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I've got to do something. When you're a kid, when you're especially a teenager, you know, I remember this. It's been a long time, but I still remember this. What are you talking about dying? Nobody dies. It's like old people die and I'm never going to be old. I'm just a kid. I'm like, I'm going to live forever. I got all the time in the world. And then you're sitting in a movie theater somewhere and some lunatic comes in and unloads multiple guns and you didn't have all the time in the world. Even an infant, turns out, doesn't have all the time in the world when stuff happens. So if you only live once and you realize that there is an end to this thing, and I'm not saying you should live some kind of morbid, fatalistic, oh my gosh, I better not even leave the house. You're not even safe in your house. Maybe you don't do anything. You're just paralyzed with fear. Because what could happen? You can't live that way. But you've got to, at some point, wake up and say, okay, God, either this is my life or your life. Now, if you have really nothing to do with God, and I know I've got people listening usually where this is the case, I have no relationship with God. I don't think he cares about me. It doesn't work. Whatever you're talking about, it is you eat, drink, be married. Tomorrow you die. Then it's over. You just just go back to dust. That's all I think there is to it. Then it really, I guess, if that's the way you believe, it really doesn't matter what you do. Because if you think you just die and it's over, then so what? If that really isn't the way it works out, if there's more to life than just living and then dropping dead and it's over, if there's something beyond the grave, if there is afterlife, if there's after death living, then you got a situation. And then you got to figure out, okay, if there is a God, what's he saying to me? What am I saying to him? How am I responding? What am I doing with this life? You say, well, I'm all good. I'm a Christian. Let me tell you something. It isn't enough... Becoming a Christian will get you into heaven. It will not guarantee that you do what God intends for you to do with the only life you've got. And that is a choice that I make every day, you make every day, either to trust him or not trust him, to follow him or not follow him, and to let him accomplish in and through you today what it is he has for you to do today. And a lot of Christians kind of hit the pause button, the hold button, or just take the phone off the hook. It doesn't mean there's not a connection that God couldn't communicate. It's just you say, you know what, God, I'm out. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to do what you want me to do. I just want to be, I just want to chill. I don't need that pressure. The pressure comes when you disconnect or try to disconnect because now you're not listening and then you start just, you know, oh, well, what the heck, I'll do whatever I want to do and then come back to him and it'll all be okay. But there's consequence in just winging it like that. Jump in here in Romans 13, verse 7, and he covers some Tax issues, some very practical things in the Christian life. He says, Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, All are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. And by the way, verse 11 is always true. Our salvation is always nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. What is he saying basically? It's time to wake up out of your sleep and you say well can christians be asleep absolutely just miss a whole day miss a whole month a week 10 years can blow by sat with a 40 year old guy the other day and he pretty much had just hit the hole button in his late teens so 20 something years have gone by he locked up on something something weird happened in a family that he knew something just hit him wrong he got bitter got angry and just shut down And all of a sudden now, I'm talking to this guy, and he's going to pick back up. And I looked at him, and I said, do you own a Bible? He said, no. And this guy had grown up in a church. He had gotten so far, he did not even own a copy of the scriptures. I said, you're going to need a Bible. And now we're picking up from scratch. The problem is, he's burned up 20-something years of his life, just, you know, whatever. What the heck? Just do whatever. Going through relationships, just going through life, just existing, You say, well, that sounds cool. Sounds like a great plan. It's not God's plan. That may be your plan. And how is it working out? And you say, well, it's working out great. I wake up when I want to. I work when I want to. I got no pressures. What you have miscalculated is that one day you will die. And then you will stand before a living God. And you will have to give an account. I will have to give an account. And then it's not going to be so funny. Then it's not going to be fun at all. Because you'll see what could have been. You'll see what should have been. And that you had so little time to be who God wanted you to be and do what he wanted you to do. And it really is true. You only live once. And whatever you're going to accomplish, you better get after it. You say, well, but I have these goals. Make sure your goals are God goals, not your goals. You say, well, I'm going to pursue this career. I talk to some people and you just see it straight up in their eyes. Like, I'm going to be rich. They're consumed with that. And the enemy goes okay i'll feel that and here they go they take off and they make a bunch of money and the problem is if that's not what god had intended then they have been distracted by the deceitfulness of riches and get to the end of their life and go i got a bunch of money but i used up the only life that i had amassing it and now what have i got you go back and look at the lives of people like mother Teresa. why is she such a big deal she was raised in a rich home, a rich family, and gave it all up and went to help people. She had more impact than if she had made billions and given it all away. One woman laying her life down accomplished, it's incalculable what that woman accomplished, right? So what about you? You only live once. Are you asleep? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Paul says to them, therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You say, well, what does that verse apply to? Is it just eating and drinking? Whatever you do is summed up. It covers everything. So when you approach your day, when you approach your life and you say, okay, God, I'm going to do whatever. Can you stamp on everything you're doing? I'm doing all of this to the glory of God. Every business deal. Every trip, every purchase, everything, whatever you do, are you doing it for the glory of God? He said, there's no way anybody can live that way. It's really pretty easy because you ask a simple question. Father, is this going to glorify you or not? And if you can't come up with yes, maybe you should back off of it. Now, what glorifies God? Are trusting him, obeying him, following him, asking him, even bothering to say, God, is this what you want for me? You go to buy a car, you ought to ask the question, is this going to glorify you, God? Or if it's not, it's going to just get you into trouble. Or you go to slap a credit card down and say, Father, I'm about to buy this. Is this going to glorify you? You go, dude, you can't live anymore. I mean, all my fun stuff goes out the window. I can't just buy stuff I can't afford anymore. Whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You say, well, I don't want to live that way. Okay, knock yourself out. But you only live once, and there are going to be consequences to the way you live the only life you've got, and they just keep coming. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, and I love the contrast here you'll see when we read through these verses. Ephesians 5, let's jump in at verse 1. This is Paul writing again, not to the church at Corinth, but to the church at Ephesus. And he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean Person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake. Again, this thing about waking up. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, what is the will of the Lord for you? And this is a question I get all the time. I just want to know God's will for my life. Well, there's plenty of places in the scripture where it flat out tells you that. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There's one, that you abstain from sexual immorality. This is God's will for you. So some of them are clearly spelled out. At some point, you've got to want to know what God's will is enough to ask him and to sit down and listen and search the scriptures and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do here? You can't just go, oh, well... You only live once I'm just going to go for it and just do this and see what happens at some point you're going to figure out that doesn't work you have to stop pull back and say Lord I really want to know what your will is not what my desire what my will is in this situation but what is it that you want to see done here in me and through me and avoid all this me just winging it and you only live once in it for the rest of my life And the fact that he says here, redeeming the time because the days are evil, you almost start at the end scrambling for time, trying to buy time back, trying to maximize the time you have left. And you say, well, but my life is over. It is not over till it's over. And if you are 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, if you're still alive, then God can do something in you and through you. And you say, well, but what could he accomplish? God can accomplish in a very short amount of time what some people never get accomplished in an entire lifetime. Because anyone yielded to Christ, willing to do what he wants them to do, go where he wants them to go, can have a huge impact. And sometimes people become Christians and lock up for 70 years and nothing happens. They just get lulled to sleep, deceived by whatever, and just kind of wait till Jesus comes and God never has the impact on them, in them, and through them that he intended. Go to one more here at least, Hebrews chapter nine. Now the fallacy with you only live once is that it's not true. You only live once in the body that you're in right now, but you will live again. And that is part of the hope and the promise. Read Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27 with me. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. So you say, well, I don't believe that. And this is what I keep telling to people. You will, whether you believe this stuff now or not, you will. And my job is to not try to make you feel better and, all. just accommodate whatever you believe or don't believe. My job is to tell you what the book says, to tell you what the truth is, so that at least when it happens, you won't say, well, no one ever told me. You have been warned. You have been told. You don't only live once. Yes, technically here you do, but that's why when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he told Nicodemus, You've got to be born a second time because being born the first time gets you into this life. Being born the second time gets you into the next life. Okay? So if you have been born one time, that's a good start. You've got to add a second birth to that or you're in trouble. Now, how can I persuade anyone to be born a second time? Honestly, I really can't. I can't save anybody. So here's the reality of it. You only live once. And you better get a second life in the first life or you're in trouble. In this brief life that you have here, you have opportunity. Look at God and say, okay, God, I only live once. And I've got a decision to make with the only life that I've got, what I'm going to do with this life, but also how what I do in this life is going to affect the next life. And a lot of people back off of this now because they think, well, you'll never reach anybody. Here's the bottom line. You die with Jesus, you make heaven. You die without Jesus, you make hell. Why would a loving God do that? Because he takes very seriously the rejection of his only son. And he is very merciful. He is very long-suffering. He is very patient. But you only live once, and you only get a shot at this. It is appointed for man once to die, after that the judgment. Now, am I better than you if you're not a Christian? No. It's just that I will not face judgment the way you will. I have an attorney. I have an advocate who not only will represent me before the Father, but who represented me on a cross. And because he died, I will not have to die. And because he was born and I was born again, then I'm going to have eternal life. That doesn't make me better than anybody else. It just means that at some point when the Holy Spirit came to me and opened my little eyes and opened my little ears and softened my little heart, I responded. He gave me the faith to believe and I believed. And I am short of begging you today. Here and beyond here, you only live once. And today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Say yes to him. No matter what the pull is from the world, no matter what it is you think you're going to give up, what is it you're going to give up? You go read in Matthew 16. In fact, let me read you this verse here really quick. Matthew 16, verse 24 and following, just a few verses, and then we're done. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Listen, whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk but first
0: i want to share a couple of thoughts with you Let's be honest, real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD, or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show.
1: I'm not screaming. I'm not hollering. I'm not angry. I'm not busting anybody's chops. It's like firing a shot over the bow with a silencer on it. And I'm trying to do it as calmly and collected as possible. There is nothing at stake here but your life. You say, okay, well, I get it. I need to become a Christian. I've already done that. Now there's nothing at stake here but his life because your life doesn't belong to you anymore. You are bought with a price. So every day that you wake up, and say nope you can't have this day God I keep this day I take this day I reserve this day for me I will do whatever I want to do however I want to do it it's amazing how that day turns into another day just like it another day just like it and 20 years later you surface going what the heck happened to me you made decisions you made choices whether you eat whether you drink whatever you do do all to the glory of God You only live once. Let God live in you and through you and maximize the only life you have. Examine your goals. Examine your priorities. Examine what it is you're chasing and focused on and make sure that's him, not just you. And chase him. You chase him, you find your life. You chase something else, you just get lost.
0: Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talks from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD, or Talks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.